You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. You need to know what's happening. It's, 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 it's time to get in the huddle with Carl Duke, Brian Baldinger, and Jason LaConfora. Brian Baldinger is back for another edition of In the Huddle, guys. Uh, Baldy, you're getting people excited with your Baldy breakdowns. I, I got to start with something because we haven't seen this, and I want to know what you think of the kid, Deron Bland. Mm-hmm. An NFL record, five interceptions, return for touchdowns. He did it again in the Cowboys' 45-10 to 10 win. And I- I'm just amazed because my whole thing with this is nobody knew who this kid was. Nobody knew where he where he came from, and here Dan Quinn is whoop inserting him in. He's a ball hawk and he's making plays. The Cowboys seven victories by at least twenty points this season, and this is a big reason why. I mean, anybody would take five interception returns for touchdowns. So what's going on with this Cowboy defense? Because everybody is starting to kind of lean and say, well, maybe they do have a chance to get there after watching this and how this defense is playing right now. I mean, think about this, Carl. I mean, he wasn't the starter. I mean, Trevon Diggs was the starter. He was basically the nickelback. And, you know, Trevon went down early in the season, and he stepped in. Now, he had five interceptions last year because they couldn't keep a a cornerback healthy for the most part. And so I think Stephon Gilmore coming has made a big difference. He's just such a veteran, and he's so smart. I think everybody's learned from Stephon playing on the outside and – they play a lot of man coverage, um, and they play a lot of off-man coverage. And I just think he's got tremendous eyes and instincts. But I have said now for the last two weeks that he has to be a candidate for the defensive player of the year. Yeah. From a standpoint that we've never seen anything like this before. They, they've they scored seven defensive touchdowns. And I, look, the great Deion Sanders once told me, Carl, he said, look, you're never a great defense until you're a great scoring defense. And that's how defense – that's how – that's how Dion attacked the game. That's what Duran is doing. You can see just how everybody is so excited for him on his team. Um, but, you know, that it, it's a product of pressure. And it starts with Micah and how teams have to defend him. I put a video out there last week of three different players in Washington hitting him a bunch of different times. And I'm like, look, that allows a lot of different other guys to win, you know, and that's Dante Fowler or, you know, pick a guy. Like they're getting home because of all the attention that Mikey gets. And then on the back end, these guys are getting opportunities. So it's it's an incredible stat. 
and I don't think it's done yet. I, I just think he's got that feel for it right now. Yeah, it is an incredible thing to watch. When he got that interception, and literally I'm going, is this kid going to take it to the house again? And I'll be damned if he didn't. Let me ask you about while we're talking about the Cowboys. Um, and, and, you know, th- they've got a big game next week against um, the Eagles. Yeah, and and they'll play Seattle uh, as we record this podcast tonight, guys, on, on Thursday. But 17 touchdowns, two picks, and a five-game stretch for Dak Prescott. Baldy, it's impressive. And whether you think Prescott is good or bad or whatever your impressions are, anybody goes through a five-game stretch of 17 touchdowns and two picks and you're winning, come on. Yeah, and look, that was also included a game against Philadelphia, um, you know, in that stretch where, you know, it was was a nail-biter. It was a very, very good game. Uh, Dak's playing great, and the offense line has protected him. It's helpful to have Tyron Smith healthy. Like he's just a vice grip out there at left tackle. Nobody's beating him right now. Um, they're they're really good up front, and you know I just think the the development of Jake Ferguson to you know their bona fide tight end right now has helped. The addition of Brandon Cooks is helped. I, all the young guys, Jalen Tolbert, some of these other guys that are just kind of coming on. Um, but he, you know, he would throw interceptions last year because he'd be late in the in the progression and protection. We breaking down, and he'd let one fly and you know, somebody would pick it off. Like, I don't see that right now. I see his movement is elite uh, and where the openings are and how to extend plays. And then um, there's just a whole lot more out there to throw to than just, you know, C.D. Lamb like it was a year ago. And he's got a lot more options. But I think he's just very much in command of this offense right now. Baldy, um, the hype surrounding Aaron Rodgers' return is like bigger than 3D television, which didn't work. It's bigger than Al Capone's vault, which they opened and nothing was in there. Uh, it, it's bigger than Tanya Harding and Nancy Kerrigan. I mean, wow. it, it, this is the hype surrounding this guy coming back is unbelievable. All right. Pacquiao, Mayweather. I mean, pick your boxing match. Yeah. So 11 weeks after this injury, he is going to be practicing. And now he's in this 21-day window where the Jets have to decide whether they're going to activate him. Brian Baldinger. I think this is absolutely nuts. Whether he can actually do it or not, if he's physically able, whatever. But why would you even attempt to do this if you're Aaron Rodgers and make the return to the Jets potentially by the end of this month? Well, December, by the end of December. Well, first of all, it's not really a return to practice. It's just a next step of treatment and rehabilitation. He'll be on the field over by himself. And he'll be throwing to, you know, he was throwing to ball boys. Now he'll be throwing to some receivers. Um, I, I think that's all that is, okay? Right. I do think there's a part of Aaron that feels guilty isn't the right word. A- athletes don't feel guilty. They're they're professional athletes. But I do think there's a part of him that feels like he let the entire Jet organization down. Okay. And he owes it to the organization, to Woody Johnson, to Joe Douglas, that I'm going to do everything I can to get back. And, look, they have lost four in a row, and it's been ugly. And, you know, right now, uh, you know, I don't know that it's going to change. So, like, you lose four in a row, and you're four and seven, and I don't know what's going to happen against Atlanta. If they if they beat Atlanta, you know, then they're not out of it, and maybe Aaron – but if they lose to Atlanta, and you lose five in a row, and now you're four and eight, you're out of it. And so, if they want Aaron Rodgers to play next year, and they've given him a two-year contract, it makes no sense to put him on the field and risk further injury. 
or a second injury where you might not get him at all next year. So I think they'll be cautious. I think this is nothing more than just more rehabilitation. He's now cleared to rehabilitate, you know, on the field and throw it. And so I, I like, I know the hype is, I, I understand the hype and yeah. the, uh, you know, the way that you framed it is, is good. It's, it's entertaining. Um, and you're not wrong, but I, I think we're still a long, long ways away from seeing him out there in a real uniform playing real football. Have, have you seen him? I know you've been yeah. making your, your travels. Does he look okay? I mean, does he look fine? He when I saw him, when I saw him um, on the field before the Eagles game, he looked really frail to me. Like he didn't look as big as he normally looks. He now maybe it's just natural. Okay, like you're rehabilitating an injury, not you lose weight and that and that sure. thing like that that can happen. Right. Um, but he, he, you know, from from a spirit standpoint, his spirits were up. He was engaged. He was talking to guys from both teams. He was holding court like he's done basically every week since he's been on the field. You know, he's been out there throwing it and he's enjoyed. You know, seeing the guys from around the league, he mentioned this week how he's really enjoyed watching Dak progress. He's watching more football than he's ever watched. All that stuff is out there. Um, I just feel like he he feels like he owes the Jets something. He's, he helped bring all these guys in. None of it has worked out. They they built the team around him. He's not there. Like I think he just says, you know, like this is like for my own for my own self worth and for what the Jets allowed me to do. I owe him this concerted effort to try to come back and do something that nobody else has done. And that's it. Nobody else has done it this quickly. If in fact he is back at any point this season, it would be absolutely a miracle. Brian Baldinger, Carl Dukes, Jason Lock on four, a part of this podcast as well, guys. Follow us in the Huddle Pod. You can watch us on YouTube and subscribe, like us and tell your friends and don't miss any episodes as we talk all things NFL heading into week 13 and counting down to the end of the season, of course, heading to the playoffs. Um, Eagles fourth straight come from behind victory. Jalen Hurts, five touchdowns, accounted for five. Um, he's just great in critical situations. And I just want to talk about this for a second, Baldy, okay. and kind of get into this. Yeah. Because we talk about all these aspects of football and offensive line and defensive line. But at the end of the day, right, I just need guys who can freaking make plays mm -hmm. in critical situations. And that is what I see with Jalen Hurts. Now, real quick, uh, Hertz has 11 rushing touchdowns. Mm -hmm. He had 20, excuse me, at 10 and 21, 2021. He had 11 in 2022, and now he's got 11. That's three consecutive seasons in which he's had 10 or more. He's great in these critical situations, Baldy. Why? What do you see? Uh, he, he has, uh, you know, I, I did the Buffalo-Philadelphia game last week, so I was kind of had my eyes on he has um, he, if you watch him on the sidelines in between series, he almost is in some deep meditative state. Mm. Nothing. He doesn't allow anything to affect him, any noise to affect him. Um, all he wants to do is be is continue, not just be great, but continue to find ways to improve. Um, you know, he's with his childhood friend. I mean, basically a longtime friend, Brian Johnson. Um, I, he just wants to be coached hard and to have a chance to get better. Uh, and I've never seen a quarterback come as far as he's come from the last year at Oklahoma to the first year in Philadelphia where he unseated Carson Wentz and was basically just a runner in yeah. that last month of the season. And then 
the last three years, I mean, it's just been an arc like we've never seen anybody improve before. And nobody could have predicted a guy that was the 53rd pick in the draft to be where he is right now. So he has this, uh, like, you know, it's the clutch gene is there. The big game gene is there. Um, but he just is an inspiring leader. Mm. And it all starts with him putting all the pressure on himself. And yet, I don't think he feels the pressure. I think he just loves to compete. And the the throw that he made to Zacchaeus, uh, the touchdown run in overtime to win the game, like, I think that's who he expects himself to be. He's just built and wired different than just about everybody else at that position in the league. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Yeah, and by the way, I mean, huge game, 49ers-Eagles Sunday. Baldy, where are you at, by the way, this week? I'm in Washington, Miami, Washington. Okay. So, uh, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll get the chance to see the Dolphins here. Yeah, and they are, they're an interesting team. I, I heard the Cheetah say, you know, he thinks this version of this Dolphins team is better than the one that he was on in 19 with the Chiefs that won the Super Bowl. And I'm like, what? That's saying a lot. So uh, he's got high expectations for the Dolphins. There's no doubt about it. But Eagles, you know, at home against the 49ers. And I just want to hit on this because I think it's the best game of the weekend as far as the NFL. Uh, 49ers coming in here, you know, they they went through that three-game losing streak. And then it's like we needed to rest. We needed to regroup. And now this is the 49er team we thought they would be, right? They're playing like it. Yeah, I remember talking to Fred Warner um after that and uh, I was there for the Tampa game and I just said you know did you get everything out of your system you're ready to ready to roll right now and he just he's like you watch us Baldy I'm I'm, I can tell you what I think we're going to do but you just watch us play like they're taking teams apart right now just taking them apart and the quarterback's phenomenal defense is number one ranked defensive football um they're healthy you know they they lost uh Hafanga but uh this Jair Brown they drafted out of Penn State's a really good player. So uh, they're playing a lot more man coverage than what I've seen them play. And Nick Bose has told me that if you can get the quarterback to hold the ball, just an extra tick allows us to get home and they're getting home and they're affecting the quarterback. Um, and so I like the 49ers in this game, but I, but I also know that to, to our first conversation, they haven't played anybody like Jalen hurts yeah. and his ability to extend plays and break your defense down and then the play after the play that's called that he does, whether it's a scramble or whether it's a throw like to Olamida Zacchaeus in the back of the end zone last last week. I mean, all these plays that he's making, 49ers haven't seen anybody like that. So I don't know how they're going to react. If Bosch is chasing him and, you know, he sees Devontae Smith break free, like he's going to get the ball to Devontae Smith. So it's it's – look, the NFL is lucky. This is a playoff game. In week 13 right now, and everybody's going to watch. So you're, you're headed to watch the Commanders at home against the Dolphins, and I just want to want to hit on this too because Ron Rivera made some changes. He, he let Jack Del Rio go last week. Uh, I, I, Baldy, where I'm at with this is I don't know if it matters. Yeah, I like I like Rivera, 
But I don't know if this is going to matter at the end of the season when it comes to his job security and, and where this staff goes. And so, I, I, you know, here come the Dolphins. It looks like the commanders are going to be in trouble again after getting beat down against Dallas. But you tell me, you know, where's this at with, with Ron Rivera? A lot of people are saying Eric Bieniemy may be next in line if that happens. We're not there yet, but tell me what you think, and you've got this game on Sunday. Yeah, well, I'm, look, I'm, I've been friends with Chico for a long time, you know, since he was a player with the Bears. For sure. You know, um, you know I have a, a lot of respect for what he's done. He's actually, you know, brought the the commanders a long, long ways. They changed their name, uh, team name, and changed ownership. Look, the, the owner, Joshua Harris, owns the Sixers. He he has a lot of properties out there. Like, he's, he's evaluating all this. Like, I don't know if Ron – decision to fire Jack Del Rio was his own. I know he brought in Jimmy Salgado, a friend of mine, to be the secondary coach. Ron's going to call the defense. They, they've given up 28 touchdown passes so far this season. It's the most in the league by a lot. Yeah, They play a lot of man coverage. I didn't understand it in a lot of games, how you could sit there in man coverage when you lose Montez Sweat and Chase Young and you're still playing all this man coverage and Dak is carving you up. Like, they made a change. Maybe it's cosmetic. Maybe to your point, it's a foregone conclusion. I, I don't, you know, I don't, you know, Ron's going to coach. Like, that's all he's going to do. He's he's not going to answer that question. He's not going to think about it. He's just going to go out and coach his butt off and see what he can do. Um, they're a little bit undermanned against the Dolphin defense. That honestly, even if they had Chase Young and Montez Sweat, just watching um, Tua play the game right now, you know, he's just gone 11 straight games. He has barely been touched. Yep. He hasn't been hit anything like he was last year. And that was the concern. Could he stay healthy? He gets rid of the ball so fast right now, Carl. Like, I, don't know if, I don't know if any defender has a chance to get there to him the way that he gets rid of the football. And these guys are getting open so quickly, and the offense is designed to get the ball out quickly. And so they're very difficult to defend right now. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm curious to see if, you know, uh, the, the commanders can play different based on the schematics that you're talking about. And I'm with you. Listen, you don't have the pass rush. I, I can't let guys run past me like that. Right. So I gotta, I, I'm with you, Baldy. I, that's how I felt. Like I'm thinking when I was watching them last week, I said, what are they? I literally said, what are they doing? Yeah. Allowing these cowboy receivers to, and, and it dawned on me, Oh, they're playing man. Cause you know, when you're watching television, you know, you're at the games, but yeah, when you're at the game, it's different. You're, you're only seeing the, the front sevens, right? Yeah. You're not seeing the back half. And so yeah. either way, uh, yeah, listen, I like Ron Rivera. With I, I wish him nothing but the best. I just think he's in a difficult situation right now with this whole thing, the way this may play out. Brian Baldinger, Carl Dukes, guys, it's in the huddle. We do this every week, and uh, make sure you subscribe to get the new episodes. All right, let's talk about the Broncos. Broncos-Texans this weekend. Broncos, this turnaround, Baldy. I mean, it's it's one of the most incredible things we've seen in football in a very long time. Most times you start one in five, you're done. We're talking about draft. We're talking about you're letting veterans go. You're saving money. They didn't do that. I no. mean, they they made some moves, but it wasn't like we're quitting. And now they are in the hunt, Baldy, for a potential playoff spot. And I think they're going to get there. I, I, I once played on an Indianapolis Colts team that started one in five. We turned around. We won eight of our last ten. We got to nine and seven. We are on the outside looking in, at, on, in on the final week of the season. But I, I feel like um, they, they've they found out what their team is, what they're good at. Last week they ran the ball 39 times for 169 yards against a great Cleveland defense. It nullified Miles Garrett. 
Yeah. Um, he did not impact the game at all. Their offensive line has started all five starters and played almost nearly every snap together. And now you look at McGlinchey and Miners and Cushenberry and Powers and Bowles, and now they play with real continuity. And they're a running football team, and Russell Wilson is either dinking and dunking or he's making a spectacular play to help win a game. And then defensively, Carl, like they lead the league in turnovers. They've got 16 of them in this five-game win streak. Nobody's even close. So they're giving extra at-bats, you know, to the offense. And, like, I just never forget this. You know, when Sean won his Super Bowl in New Orleans, Greg Williams was the defensive coordinator. Mm -hmm. And they led the league in takeaways that year. So, like, there's a formula there. Let's take the ball away. Let's give them short field. Let's give the offense extra at-bats. They don't have to be dynamic. But, you know, in Russell's case, he's maybe in some ways playing the best football of his life. Because he has to in order for this thing to keep going. And I think they keep it going in Houston. I, I respect what, you know, what D'Amico is doing down there. It's a phenomenal turnaround. Um, they lost by three points last week. They had chances to take that ball down and win that game last week. They couldn't do it. Um, I think they're going to see a defense that is playing really well. They have a lot of good young players that people don't know who they are, like Jaquan McMillan, whoever. Um P.J. Combs, like, they've got young players that have stepped up and they're playing really well together. Baldy, uh, one of the things that happened this week, and we cover all things, guys, is the firing of Frank Wright. I, I don't understand it. Um, I mean, I get it. But I don't understand 11 games in why you don't just ride this out and allow him to continue to develop, develop Rice Young and all that stuff. But tell me where you're at on this because – the, the owner, Dave Tepper, seems like he is the most impatient owner right now in the NFL, and I don't think he's gotten the memo that these things take time, that you just don't build a championship team in two seasons and you don't build it by getting the number one overall pick. And so I, I said this, and I want to get your thoughts on this. Listen, Frank is a very respected coach around this league, and he's won, and we know, you know he's a Super Bowl offensive coordinator and all that stuff. But if I'm a head coach of my salt, if I, if I, you know, if I'm a guy that values, hey, I can go somewhere and make it happen. Why am I taking this job, Baldy, when it looks like the owner is is just, hey, if we don't win a certain amount of games, you're probably going to be fired in a year. I agree with you, Carl. And but here's 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 the one. Here's what I think happened is they're not seeing the development of Bryce Young, okay. and we've all seen that. And so he's saying to him, David Tepper, saying this to himself, I believe, or whoever. He's listening to. If we if we don't believe that Frank is the guy and Deuce Staley and Josh McCown and the guys that all got fired, if we don't believe this is the staff that can develop Bryce the way we need him to develop, let's cut our losses right now and let's be in a position to get the best candidate out there and let's get a jump on that process. That's the only thing I could think of because otherwise it doesn't make sense. But if if you feel like we need to, we need, a, so, so let's just follow through with that. Let's just say they get the leading candidate. Let's just say Ben Johnson. Okay. Just, throw, just throw the name out there. Okay. I'm not advocating sure. Ben sure. Johnson from Detroit or anything, but I'm just throwing a name that is going to get a lot of attention. If you say Ben Johnson or Eric Bianami or whoever um, you think could come and lead that team and develop Bryce Young, it's, it's, it's one thing if that coach can develop Bryce Young. But what about the other 52 guys? Can you stand up in front of the room and lead the other 52? 
it's great that the quarterback plays better, and maybe that helps everybody else. But if you don't have a commanding presence or leadership or can create a vision for how we're going to do this, then what's the point? So, you know, and so that's my that's my argument against guys that always that, that people say, well, we need a guy to develop the quarterback. Great. Quarterback develops. What about your right defensive tackle? What, what, what about him? Like, does he get the memo? So, <laughs> you know, I, Todd Monk could probably, you know, like all these guys will probably get a lot of attention. And, you know, you know, Todd, I mean, I, I think that guy could be a head coach in this league tomorrow. For sure. For sure. And, uh, and I think he could do all that. Help the quarterback like he's doing with Lamar this year. Stand up in front of the room, lead men. He's done it at Georgia. He's done it at the NFL. So, you know, I think that's the way they're thinking. But look, to your point, Carl, if you're a guy that is a candidate for that job and you're looking at what just happened to Matt Rule and Frank Reich, you go, well, if we don't win eight games this year, am am I out the door also? Yeah. So, you know, you may – and then they they may have concerns about Bryce Young going forward, you know, whoever might think about that job. Yeah, and I heard Dave Tepper's press conference, which is a whole nother animal. But basically, guys, he insinuated that he backed the Bryce Young pick, but yet he continued to talk about C.J. Stroud. And it was really (laughs) weird. It was just like, you know, talk about your guy. Don't talk about the other guy, okay? There's rules to the game here in the NFL, and it is you didn't didn't draft C.J. Stroud, and he's not coming. So don't talk about him. Like, yeah. and he wanted to make sure that people knew, you know, we really like CJ. You shouldn't have even said that. Like, exactly. It's all about Bryce and how we're going to get him better and how we're going to put a team around him. So it kind of made me think that Baldy, you know, he might not get it. He might, he might not get it all, but he's a young owner in this business, and we've seen it. Jerry was a young owner. We've seen guys go through this process of I want it right now, and I, we're going to do it this way, and then it doesn't work. And now, you know, it's it's a different deal. Well, right. I just, you know, you think about, you know, back in the day when Jerry hired Jimmy and they were one in 15 and Troy Aikman just got the living daylight speed out of him. Yeah. And and Jerry stayed the course, you know, and look what happened. I mean, they became a dynasty quickly because of the vision that Jimmy had. So, you know, you for every Frank Wright that gets blown out, I can go find your guy. You know, they stayed the course in Pittsburgh with, Bill Cower and, you know, I mean, there's just some places that just stayed the course and it was the right move. Yeah. Now, let me ask you about development because Tom Brady's comments, you know, got a lot of buzz as well. Baldy, we we are all about, you know, these senior bowls and and all this, these college kids coming out and we want to see them and we want to, we, we talk about it. I mean, I know you love it. You go to these camps. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've gone to some of these, these camps to see some of these guys and, so is Brady right with the development part of guys coming out of college not being ready for the NFL? Yeah, yeah, he's right. And and look, it, there's a lot of discussion because honestly, like if you're the Jets right now and you can't, or you're the Giants and you can't keep an offensive line healthy, and they just don't look like they a lot of these guys belong in the NFL. Like there's no development there, and you know as opposed to like Philadelphia where they always have a strong offensive line and the coach Jeff Stoutland just knows how to get the next crop going. And he's out there on the field game day, working with these guys. Like there's just limited time and limit. Like you can't become a better left guard without playing left guard. Mm. Like you can't just put a pair of shorts on and go out there and walk through plays and become a better left guard. And to, to Tom's point, look, I understand safety and all that. And it's important. Um, but at some point you have to develop players. They're not doing it at the college level. It's a completely different game. 
than the NFL game. Uh, the way that's played, the physicality of it, the the design, the, the 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 type of offenses you have to run, protection of the quarterback. And so Brady's like saying, we we don't have we're not getting developed offensive linemen to protect quarterbacks so that they're not getting shellacked like the way they're getting hit right now. We're we're not, not just down to backup quarterbacks in this league, but we're back to we're down to third string quarterbacks in this league. It's a bad product when you get there and you get poor offensive line play. And, and Tom Brady's not wrong with some of those comments. Yeah. And Baldy, real quick, going back to, you know, even your playing days, I just don't think people understand practice was practice. Like yeah. you guys were on the field oh, for yeah. three hours. Yes. Full pads. Yes. And we practiced and you ran plays and there were real reps. And when I say real reps, it's to Baldy's point. When guys are in shoulder pads and shorts and we get excited now because, hell, it's all we get. You guys, during your time period, and even, you know, again, th there was something to be said about, hey, I'm going full speed. The defense is tackling guys, okay? So I can practice tackling. Yes, it's my own team, but you're getting real work in, and well, that is gone. Well, there was days, Carl, honestly, going up against Randy White in Dallas or Reggie White in Philadelphia when I was in Philly, that game day was easier than practice. You know, <laughs> I, you know I used harder. Like you got to games like, oof, I don't have to, I don't have to block Reggie today. Thank you. Like I'm okay. You know, uh, you know, you go back to the hogs and what Joe Bugle was doing and the, you know, they were eight or nine deep in Washington. And so, you know, Mark may would go out like, you know, here's Slareth. Like they just, they just kept plugging them in and there was depth uh, on the offensive line and there was the player development. And it was, it was like that throughout the NFC East and throughout the NFL. Like everybody had eight guys that could that had experience that that could play, in large part because of the way that we practiced. And now, I mean, like I mentioned, Denver. Like you see the development of Denver. The fact that these guys are all playing together every single week now. They haven't had the injuries, um, and and you could see how they ran the ball against Cleveland last week. And you go, nobody else has been able to really do that. And so it's 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 vitally important. Like I've had discussions with offensive line coaches and, and really, you know, the general manager of the league, where if we could just have um, shoulder pads and helmets for offensive and defensive linemen for 30 minutes a day, like yeah. we could, we could really kind of develop that, that aspect that's missing right now. And you know, Tom Brady hit it. I mean, he, he's, he knows what he's looking at right now. Baldy, before we get out of here, Chiefs, Packers, I just want to hit on this because uh, I still believe that the Chiefs probably are going to be the best team in the AFC. I know the Ravens are hot, and, you know, there's a lot to talk about there. But they play the Packers on the road. And I think this is an interesting game on Sunday night for many reasons. Uh, Mahomes showed, he, you know, the Mahomes magic last week, coming from behind to beat the Raiders. And, and But I, I'm really impressed with what I've seen with Jordan Love, specifically over the last three weeks. Uh, and so, you know, Kansas City's on the road. This is going to be a fun game to watch on Sunday night. It is. It's it's interesting. Um, I did a Green Bay-Kansas City game three years ago during the pandemic. And it was the game that Aaron Rodgers missed because he had COVID. And so he didn't even travel with the team. Jordan Love started. It was his only start. And they the Packers could have had the ball 100 times. They weren't scoring a touchdown that day. <laughs> like, you know, Jordan just wasn't ready for prime time. Right, he was right. a rookie. Um, he, he's ready now, but he's going to see as good a defense as there is in football and a defense that does as many different things as any team. This isn't Detroit on Thanksgiving. 
This is a totally different defense. And I don't know that they're going to get the open receivers that they got the other. Now, Jordan Love, I believe, is the future in Green Bay. I believe he's long-term answer. I believe in Jordan Love. I do think he's going to get challenged this week. The, the part of the, this game, though, that I think is going to make it much more interesting than what um, is, is the play of Green Bay's defense. You know, Rashawn Gary, Kenny Clark, Preston Smith, like these guys are playing really good football. They're taking the ball away. Uh, you know, you saw what, you know, Jared Goff, you know, the troubles he had on Thanksgiving. This is a defense, I think, that is finally playing to, I think, some of the talent level that's there. They've been drafting guys in the, in the first round for a long, long time. Lucas Van Ness, Devontae Wyatt, like a lot of first-round picks in that defense. They're, they're breaking through. And so I think it's going to be a really good game Sunday night in Green Bay. Yeah, the question, uh, and I think it's for every game, right? But I think she's touring. Is, is, is you know, Kelsey's girlfriend going to be there, right? Everybody always wonders if Taylor's going to show up. I think she's overseas touring, though. But, yeah, what do I know? Baldy, have a great call. Enjoy uh, the Commanders and the Dolphins. Yeah. And, uh, guys, we're back at this next week. As we said, we're literally counting down. We're, we're to that point now. You, you know who the division leaders are. You know what the wild card situation looks like. You know how important some of these games are getting as far as the playoff standings. And this is the fun time of year. So, hey, man, uh, have a great day, everybody. Thanks for being here. Baldy, we'll talk to you next week. It's in the huddle. 2400 Sports is an Odyssey company. 